Welcome to No Apology with Emily and Chris. Thank you for spending some time with us yet again today. We've got a really good show today. We're going to be really talking good about a really good shoe. <laughs> We're going to be talking about some important stuff. Now, don't forget freshroadmedia.com. That's home base. Check it out. There's lots of stuff going on there, and we want you to be a part of it. There's blogs, there's prayer, there's all kinds of stuff. Now, today, uh, we're going to be talking about translations. That's a deep topic. We could yeah. talk about that for like two days straight. Apologetics, translations <laughs> yeah. of the scripture. I love it. It's going to be it, it's going to be intense. I think. Are you a fan of the message? Stick around. Yeah. Do you uh, not like the message? Stick around. There's enough. <laughs> Do you not know what the message is? For both sides. Stick around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but first, we're going to start off, Chris. You want to take yeah. a look into what's going on. Mm -hmm. In the swamp of Hollywood. I do. I want to go to Hollywood because, uh, as you know, uh, I don't know why this is. Maybe it's because I always wanted to be a part of the film industry. Look, when I was growing up, I had two things I wanted to do. I wanted to be part of the radio industry and part of the film industry. That was it. That's all the two things I wanted to do. I knew I wasn't a musician. I couldn't sing. I knew I'd never go that path. Mm -hmm. So I started about 30 years ago following box office returns as a habit. And mm -hmm. uh, there's a thing called Box Office Mojo. Now it's IMDb. But either way, I don't think a month has gone by in the last 30 years where I did not know what the basic box office returns were. Just like somebody says, are you a huge baseball fan? I'd say, no, I'm not a huge baseball fan. Uh, but are you a baseball fan? I'd have to say yes, because yeah. I always know what the Twins record is. Usually I know if they swept this weekend or if they lost last night, because I always just kind of check. It's that kind of yeah. thing you follow. Yeah. This is not just a... Um, oh, I saw this and all of a sudden I thought of something. This is a long-term right. thing. Where I, what is it, Chris, you want to say? You could be a Siskel and Ebert. Ah, yes. I could give, Two in one. I could give three enthusiastic <laughs> thumbs up and a pinky. <laughs> Maybe a toe. <laughs> Maybe a toe. I don't know. I give yeah. that film the toe. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I have been watching Hollywood now for 20 plus years, 30 years. Uh, as they come out with these reports, I just, I always look for it. And really, since I've been to, you know, I, I went to college as a journalist major, so I'm sensitive to these things, mm -hmm. how sentence structure works. I have an example in front of me that I'd like to share with you. Okay. That if you are smart enough, you will see that they are trying to influence you in a negative way about the movie Sound of Freedom just by giving the returns. The box office return numbers. They will take that opportunity okay. to throw a comment here or there to say, hey, we want you to support this movie. Or, hey, this movie's garbage in our eyes and we don't want you to be a part so of it. So they're not going to just let the numbers be the numbers. And, oh, people yeah. are wanting to see this mm -hmm. and people are maybe not wanting to see that. And yeah, I don't okay. know I don't know what Jim Caviezel has to do with it all, but he's involved in two of the biggest ones I have seen in my lifetime. The first, of yeah. course, was Passion of the Christ. Mm -hmm. 300 and some million dollars back when that was a huge un- reachable number for a film mm -hmm. and they refuse to talk about it they refuse to nominate right. anybody from the film you remember they basically did a shutdown we'll make this movie go right. away we'll ignore yeah. it and yeah. jim so, caviezel's always in the soup. he's always in the soup caviezel soup <laughs> <laughs> i like that guy anyway all right so hollywood reporter yesterday this is uh we're recording tuesday morning july 25th yesterday Christmas or sunday july um actually it's, <laughs> actually it's uh yeah it's uh the 23rd and 24th late 23rd early okay. 24th uh, literally, they're saying that you can get updated with weekend updates. Uh, July 23rd at 9.20 a.m., you can get updated with foreign estimates. At July 24th at 7 a.m., updated with Monday's actuals for Barbie and Oppenheimer. 
That's oh. what it says on the article oh. here. I want to okay. see Oppenheimer. So here's the thing. Okay. I'm going to give you two paragraphs, and I want to yes. see in the first paragraph if you can spot the <laughs> attempted deception. I'm good at this. It's like my spiritual Okay, I can't wait to get into the apologetics <laughs> translation thing because there's you know some real good stuff there. Yeah. But this, this is a little class from Uncle Chris to teach you yeah. and Emily, both of you guys together right now, yeah. to spot the propaganda. Don't be manipulated. Spot right. the propaganda. All right. These are, this is in a return paragraph. It ends with what I just read you. Tune back, you know, check back in at this website live at July 23rd at 1 p.m. for updated, you know, revines, you know, yeah, estimates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what this is. Yeah. This is not a puff piece. Right. This is not a promotion it's piece. Cold hard facts. This is this how is the movie's doing. This is a factual doing. return, yeah. but they're going to still try to fit in some little propaganda. They've sure. been doing it for a long time, and they're not the only people that do it. Hollywood just does it, I think, the best. Here it is. <laughs> Angel Studios, faith-based political thriller, Sound of Freedom, Enjoyed another strong weekend. Hey, Yay. we started out good. Here we go. Yeah. And in the U.S., estimates have it beating Dead Reckoning with $20.1 million for a cum of $123.4 million. Paramount and other wow. studios, however, show Dead Reckoning coming in ahead of Sound of Freedom. Monday's actuals will determine the official order. <laughs> I have never, I have never saw a paragraph like this. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Where in this the, where context, they're so worried yeah. whether a movie's going to finish above another movie. Right. 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 You know. I mean, it, usually it's just not like that. But that sets up this, the next paragraph, oh, okay. and the final paragraph. Okay. It's only two. Yeah. Sound of Freedom stars the Passion of the Christ, Jim Caviezel, as the real life Tim Ballard, who worked as an agent for the Department of Homeland Security before embarking on his own quest to bring child traffickers to justice. Mm. Here you go. You ready? Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you to spot it, but it's so I obvious. Know, right. While the conservative-leaning Sound of Freedom oh. has been discussed on QAnon message boards, Angel says it's not a QAnon movie. In late 2021, <laughs> Caviezel spoke at a QAnon convention in Las Vegas where he invoked the QAnon slogan, The Storm is Upon Us. Oh. Wow. What does that have to do with the movie and its returns? It's because yeah. a lot of people read this. This uh -huh. goes out to thousands of people who will check this just like they would a box score of a baseball game. Right. And so you got to get a shot in on it. Right. You got to get a shot on it. And by the way, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Apple TV, they've all said they're not streaming this movie that just made $100 million in two weeks. No. Why? Yeah. If you, if you don't want to ask yourself why, I ask you why. Why will you not ask why? <laughs> <laughs> the reason is, is because they want to see... People like Bible-believing Christians like Emily and I, who they label white racist, who they label out of touch, they want to see us either fail or they want to see us silenced. Yeah, yes? yeah. Well, I you brought up a really, really good point when you brought up the, the term propaganda. Yeah. That's exactly what it is because you're linking a movie about child trafficking, about a real-life guy, yeah. like someone's real life, ha this really happened, yeah. you know? it's a true story. Um, you're linking it to a political party. You're linking it to, you know, the negative QAnon. QAnon in liberal spheres is just, like, the lowest of the low. Yeah, Uber-negative. And, and, and I've always thought in the back of my mind, I'm not a QAnon guy. I've seen some of their I'm stuff back either. in the election. I've always thought that it was a propaganda arm of the left to try to fire up the right. Would not surprise you know? me. <laughs> Would not surprise I mean, me. If you've yeah. ever seen the movie Colors of, Color of Money with Tom Cruise and Paul Newman way back in the day, mm -hmm. you know, they did a pool shark game called Two Brothers and a Stranger. Mm -hmm. 
I'm watching that play out in our national media right. all the time. You're right. getting played two brothers and a stranger. Yeah. Uh, we call them rhinos, mm-hmm. you know, Republican in name only. I mean, yeah. the, the, the two brothers and a stranger is being played out in Washington, D.C. and in Hollywood at massive amounts, yeah. which is why we need to find a good translation of Scripture to read. I agree. And stay I, there. I got a question for you, though. All right. Uh, because what does it tell you when a movie like... Sound of Freedom, which is a movie that brings a spotlight onto tra- onto child trafficking or human trafficking. What does it tell you when there's a political segment who says that's not us, that's the other guys that are wanting to shine a light on this evil atrocity? What does that tell you about them? Yeah. You know what I mean? Does that doesn't that tell you that they're probably are, are they okay with this? Do they not? Do they want to keep this covered up? Why? Why are you assigning this human atrocity to a political party? You know what I mean? Well, it's, and, it's and again, weird. this is this it's is such a minor weird. thing. But if you if you start looking for it, you will see it everywhere. You what will. I'm talking about is propaganda deception. Yep. How can you look in the camera with a straight face and say we are appealing the judge's ruling that says we can't? In you know we can't mess with free speech, right? You know we're right. going to keep messing with it. We're going to call it misinformation. We're tackling misinformation. <laughs> well, what's misinformation? Anything that disagrees with us and our liberal agenda—that's misinformation. Exactly. And so some of the stuff that they're promoting, we know is a lie, been proved to be a lie. Yeah. And we try to show the truth, and then our truth gets labeled misinformation. Exactly. And the government, at its highest power, wants to keep shutting that down. At what yeah. point do we say the republic has fallen? How do we go forward now that we don't have a government anymore? We don't have a real right. We don't have a we don't have a government that's that really is on the side of the people. No, it's They're become not. weaponized. It's definitely. It, it's yeah. uh yeah, and I it mean, infiltrates every aspect of life. To watch Joe Biden, I know this. we're a Christian show, and we want to want want to kind of avoid politics and leave that when Mike Shaw's on the air. But at this point, how can you look at the 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 leadership of the Biden administration? And see anything but pure evil. Mm-hmm. Just, just wondering. I mean, right. they they are against absolutely everything that we stand for. Mm-hmm. And not only they are against it, but they hate it. They hate free speech. They hate the love of America. They hate the fact that we are redeemed by Jesus's blood. In fact, they hate Jesus. They want to say the Bible's not true. They, there's just this constant battle that we're in. And yeah. I get fatigued. Yeah, I do and, too. And the biggest fatigue I have right now is the fact that we used to live in a society where the society would course correct. And now we don't have any more course correction going on. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Uh, another word. So what shall the righteous do if the foundation? Another word, like you had mentioned, like we talked about before, how they just, you got to link them to a negative. Link this movie to QAnon because QAnon is negative. Another thing that's going to the on. Left. To the left. Uh, another thing that's going on is the word Conspiracy. Oh, that's just conspiracy. That's just conspiracy. And you're a conspiracy theorist. Misinformation. Misinformation. And and they've created this very negative connotation. So nobody wants to be called that or, you know, said, thought of that way. But here's the reality. When people say that about me or about things that I understand as true, um, I'll take the moniker. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm a Christian. And so I see... As as God is my father, I, I know him and I see him at work and I see him orchestrating things and I see him pulling things together and I see his plan being fulfilled. 
That's a conspiracy. There's someone behind the scenes at work. Guess what? There's another one. His name is Satan. He's doing the same thing, only he's working it for bad and for evil and for death and destruction. So you know what? I am a conspiracy theorist. Right on. There are forces at work behind just the physical of what we can see. But if we pay attention, we'll see if that makes any sense. I am. So, yeah. I am uh, really been praying mm-hmm. the last couple of days about God giving me patience and mm-hmm. peace throughout this. But I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done playing patty cake. Well, Chris, what about the Democrats that are lost? How are you going to reach them with the gospel if you're so mean? <laughs> Look, they have come out in the last two weeks and they have basically said this. And if you don't think that this is true, mm-hmm. you better do some research because it's true. They've come out and they've said, we not only want to, we're going to rape your children and grandchildren. There is an agenda and there. I'm here to say, no, no, you're not. not today. There is a not time today. to take and off if the you, gloves. Yeah. If you want to wave the rainbow flag, you do not have a friend in us at all. Yeah, right. We're not your friends. There's no okay? fellowship between light and dark. There is no fellowship. No. Here's the bottom line. The Bible says, love your enemies. So we'll pray for you. We will have conversation with you. But one of the things we're never going to do is we're never going to justify that you have legitimacy in the Christian church. The Christian church doesn't wave the rainbow flag. That's a false religion. Mm-hmm. You're leaving people in their destitute. Right. They're sad folks. They need joy. They need happiness. They need the gospel. Mm-hmm. Well, Chris, I can't believe that you'd be so mean to so many people. <laughs> it's like, I am not being mean. I'm standing on the testimony of thousands, mm-hmm. thousands of LGBT people themselves have come out and said, Jesus saved me, forgave me, and I came out of that lifestyle, which I now claim is horrible. They're the ones saying that the lifestyle was horrible to them. Why can't they have a voice? Yeah, they're shut down too. Yeah, why can't they have a voice? Look, they've even gone so far as to make the whole um, psychologist, you know, the therapist, Mm -hmm. the therapist guilds of the world. Yeah. In the last 15 years, they've rewritten all their stuff. It's no longer perversion. Right. It's no longer it's dementia, or not dementia, but uh, demented, or what, what's the word I'm looking uh, for? It's no longer a mental illness. Yeah, it's it's just as normal as can be. Right. They've rewritten yeah. it all. Yeah. So anybody who stands against that is the enemy of the state, mm-hmm. because it's now the state-sponsored religion. Sorry, I'm on my soapbox, but <laughs> uh, that's what the Hollywood Reporter does <laughs> right, to me. Right. Gets me fired up. And see, here's the here's the missing piece, I think. Um, when people are reading through scripture and God does tell us to love our enemy, mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer in that. I do love my enemy. And part of me loving my em- enemy is to, as far as I am capable, help them to not commit a sin against their God. It's my God and I know God. They just don't know him. But he's still their God, too. You know, he's the Mm -hmm. God over all. And so part of the way that we love our enemy is by helping them to see the error of their way so that they don't sin against their holy God and then come under condemnation. Yeah. That is love. (laughs) That is love. I know. People. I know. And before you send your email to me uh, telling me how, how bad I am. Um, I'm going to ask you a question. How many 
homosexual people and transgender people have you had to interact with in your life mm -hmm. or, or gotten to interact with in your life, depending on your perspective. Yeah. Um, I found very few people um, recently it's because it's exploding so bad in the last, you know, in the last five years that right. um, there's more and more, but I don't know a whole ton of people that have interacted with as many as I have. Uh, I've been around the community a lot. There's a lot of people that I love and respect and want nothing but the best for mm -hmm. who happen to be homosexuals, who wear the rainbow flag on their T-shirts all the time. I have employed homosexuals. I have counseled homosexuals. I I had a group of lesbians stalk me for over two months. You remember that? And, yeah, I do. And a couple of yeah. them became my friends. Yeah, their goal was to show you how wrong you were and your wrong wrongness. Their goal wrongness. was to destroy me. Actually. And your your response to them was, "Look, I'm just here to proclaim what God has said." We became and it stopped couple them in their we, tracks. Yeah, a couple like, of them we became friends. And, they and literally volunteered for the organization we worked for in the phone room so they could be close enough yeah. to get at me. It wasn't and, a hostile existence. Yeah, so I made that. myself available, and and uh, three of them I took out to lunch. And I don't think you went to lunch with me, did you? I think you had something else going on. I don't remember who all went. We with did you. a lot of those lunches. I anyway. have to ask Mike Shaw if he went with me. Somebody from Family Life Radio went with me when they were there. Okay. Anyway, anyway. Um, the point is, we became friends, and we agreed that we were going to disagree about their lifestyle choices. I don't go out and you know i think that if you're out in the street with a bullhorn saying we hate these people i think that's wrong love your right. enemies but understand we are in a battle right now for souls mm -hmm. and that rainbow flag is a key contributor mm -hmm. if you wave it with joy and pride examine yourself to see if you're in the faith if you hate these folks so bad it makes your blood boil Examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Mm -hmm. If you're in the faith, you will have grace and love for them, but you will not let them teach your kids this You'll lifestyle. You'll stand in the way of them committing these things that you know that God is storing up wrath. I when, don't want you to get have wrath stored up against you. In boxing, yeah? if you can get a nice one-two combination in when you've dazed the guy, <laughs> yeah. you can knock him out. Let Ooh, me tell you the one two. Let me tell you the one two that knocked out America. And it's <laughs> okay. happened in the last last couple months. Okay. Uh the you know, the one-two punch is the Biden Garden Party that happened when I was in Israel, where they put the LGBTQ RSTUV flag in the center of the rotunda, backed the United States flags Ooh. off to the side. Symbolism in the Bible is a big deal. Yeah, what that is. symbolizes is that our national religion now is homosexuality and transgenderism. Right, that's right. our national religion. I didn't even realize that that had happened. Now, if you don't think that that's enough to make the... the uh, Skin crawl. Well, <laughs> I say the republic's fallen. I, th yeah, I mean, I think that yeah, we, we, sure. we, we, we can sing the Star Spangled Banner if we want, but we no longer live in a free country like we used to. Right, it's yeah. it, it, not all of the impact has hit us yet, but it's already it's happened. Coming, the yeah. second punch, the one, two, the one was that the second punch uh, was the North Carolina law where they basically said, we don't want you teaching these principles to elementary school kids, mm -hmm. you know? So the left along with the NCAACP, which is probably, you know, mostly left, there's a bunch of them. Like mm -hmm. five or six organizations came out, all rapid fire. Like, you can't beat me. I'm going to be just as bad as you. And they came out with these press releases. What did the press release say? It was a travel advisory warning. Oh, yeah. Travel advisory warning to North Carolina. I remember that. They won't teach their elementary kids about homosexual sex. So it's, it's a danger dangerous. to you. It's a yeah. dangerous place to go. <laughs> yeah. These people are, it's just like, are you kidding me? Isn't it amazing how are you kidding rapidly me? this is ramping up? 
it's really just ramping up rapidly. Like it's That's in my every point. single aspect and it's getting more and more volatile and um, it's getting harder and harder. I feel really bad for these younger kids who are growing up in this environment where they don't know. Chris, you and I have the advantage. We're, you know, older. <laughs> And so, but but see, I'm a pastor. I'm white, and so I have white supremacist tendencies, and I don't speak the right language, and so we, I, I have no credibility. We remember, we know what it's like to be a child that could get on their bike and pedal across town, right. and you were relatively safely. Your biggest threat was maybe a dog that might bite you, or you know, getting hit by a car. So know the rules of the road, whatever. And and we just do not live in that world anymore, and that downworld. That downward spiral, it is indeed getting going faster and faster and faster. It sure is. I, I'm telling you, we we have to get, you know, we everything I said was very negative on, on one hand. On the other hand, if you look at it through the lens of that Jesus has already won, mm -hmm. and if we have love in our hearts for these folks mm -hmm. and we don't try to rage against the machine— Maybe, maybe there will be some that, like those thousands, will come out of that lifestyle. Right. Um, the point is, is that it's considered hate speech to say that somebody should come out of that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I won't say you have to come out of that lifestyle. I'll just remind you of the thousands of people who've come out of that lifestyle. They tell you you have to. Mm -hmm. I've not been part of that lifestyle. I don't know. That is so, good too. Yeah. Yeah. So good. you can hate on me if you want, but the reality is as a Christian, it's time for you to choose this day who you will serve. Now more than ever, we need to know what God has said. What does his words say? Because it is, they, they are words of life. They yeah. bring life. So and writing we, God's word on our heart is so important. And right we have now. no sponsors, so we're not going to go to a break. We're just going to go right into the translation thing. Mm -hmm. um, if you would like to go to freshroadmedia.com, you can get the Bible Idiots movie free. A gift of any kind would sure help the cause. Uh, you know, we're, we're just doing the best we can. Translations. Translations. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you want to go with translations, Em? Well, Chris, you and I have talked about this over the years because different translations of the Bible are so helpful. It can really bring a lot of clarity. Um, unfortunately, we talked a show or two ago about how AI is now going to create their own version of the Bible. We have seen how um, feminists or the homosexual community, they're putting out their version of the Bible. And it's really important to know, because I, it's a question that people ask, how do you know what we're reading is really, really what God said? Because there's so many versions of the Bible. Which mm -hmm. one do you believe? Well, Let's figure that out. And it was just written by man. Yeah, right. I bet you guys disagree. Right. Maybe that AI Bible can come and set us straight soon. Uh, yeah. Well, so let's talk about the, those versions of the Bible. God has definitely, over the centuries, mm -hmm. uh, preserved his word. And we have the evidence through things like the Dead Sea Scrolls mm -hmm. and so on that, that, that hundreds and thousands of years pass. Um, and the words that are written down are still the same. Yeah, they are. And and so when you look at one translation versus another, where do you go? You go back to the original language, Greek, mm -hmm. Hebrew, all that. And then there's some of us who just, we're not smart enough to do that. So <laughs> we have to stand on the shoulders of other scholars. Yeah, Hebrew's hard. The Bible interprets itself. 
<laughs> and when you when you understand the joy of God's word, by the way, the Bible calls itself the word of God mm-hmm. 1,500 times. So either it is that, or it's the most deceptive book ever written. It's lying 1,500 times. <laughs> if you find it to be deceptive, and you want to throw it away, I would highly recommend it. If you think it's deceptive, and that's, that's your result, and you say, I'm not giving another minute to look into it, then throw it away. See what happens yeah. on Judgment Day. It, roll the dice. Right. I'm here to tell you that if you continue to read it and you continue to understand it, the Bible will interpret itself and it fits hand in glove with everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. It's God's word. It and so you could take one little piece out of context of a story about somebody because Jesus and God love to teach through stories. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jesus, tell us what the kingdom of heaven is like. A farmer has a field, you know. Right, right. <laughs> you know, what, what, what's it going to be like in heaven? A uh, man had two sons and, yeah. you know, the yeah. farmer scattered the seed. I mean, Jesus used story all the time. So yeah. in the story, you're hearing about whatever guy in the Old Testament, there's a principle in that story. Mm-hmm. Now, if you take it down to one little tiny little slice of a verse or two verses that you can then take out of context to create a Jesus that's not the real Jesus, we see that all the time. We do. So that's why translations matter. That's why having paraphrases matters, because paraphrases can lead to translations, and you and I disagree strongly on this, and the topic was brought up because they think they want to hear us argue. (laughs) (laughs) And I come prepared. I'm ready to argue. Here's well, I, the, here, think, I think this ties in really well with your earlier thought of let's let's try to identify some deception here, shall we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Try to identify some deception. Okay, so the the translations out there that I use a lot are ESV and CSB. Those are the ones I like. I kind of bailed on the NIV about a decade ago, and to be honest with you, I made the right choice. Um, King James version, I think, is the closest to going back to the word for word in the Greek that's in the English. But like the English word for the kind of builder Jesus was, it's always interpreted as carpenter. Mm-hmm. When in reality, in the ancient culture, we know now, like without a shadow of a doubt, that not only did they, they would be more in our culture a stonemason than they would be a carpenter. Right. But you got to translate that, you know, that, that contractor word in the original language somehow, yes? Well, you do, but you got to also think in terms of maybe the term carpenter came out of the fact that these stone workers in the Middle East, where it's the desert, um, they were constructing what out of stone? Homes, mm-hmm. barns, yeah, everything. everything. So you come here over to the United States where there's lots of big old trees over here and your carpenter is constructing homes, barns. And so that's the that's where it could be either or, you know. But yeah. yes, you are exactly right that Jesus was a, he worked with stone. That's what he did. Well, you know? we know without a shadow of a doubt, I mean, the chances of him being in a wooden manger, like in every Christmas story, wouldn't happen. would be a million to one. Yeah. Because of the culture that they lived in there. Mm-hmm. He was in a feeding trough that was made out of stone. Not a and lot of trees. And we've uncovered a bunch of them in the archaeological digs over there. Yeah. In Israel, Not way. a lot of trees over there. So wood was considered, you know, very expensive and precious because it was rare or they had to have it hauled in from somewhere else. So they wouldn't make an animal's feeding trough out of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not yeah. very likely. They'd no, just hollow out of unlikely. stone. Yeah. Anyway. It'd be like saying. Continue. That- <laughs> it, yeah, it'd be like in our culture having a uh, having a little baby crib made out of like pure marble. 
you know. Well, if, don't if, think that's not coming. Or granite, you know, like a granite <laughs> countertop or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't think so. Yes. Too. All right. right. So translations. Yes. Um, as we get into translations, different translations have different pulls and, and back and forth. And you can read, uh, like when my scripture last week was 1 Samuel chapter 16. I like to read it out of like four different translations just to see the differences. Mm-hmm. And then I, again, yes, I always useful. land on the ESV. Well, the paraphrase started um, up back in, uh, you know, when did Eugene Peterson publish the message the first time? I'm not sure. I'm look right now while we're talking. But back when he published it, it became an the instant hit. 80s, maybe? And the reason it became an instant hit is because the NIV was just coming around. Uh, copyright 1993. Okay. 93, 94, 95. It was coming out. So he's working at it in the 80s. I was in seminary in the mid-90s, so it was it was coming out right around that time. Right. And it got really, really popular. Mm-hmm. And the reason it got popular is that people could read it and understand what it right. said. Now, Correct. Emily, I'm going to give you the I'm going to give you the platform. I want you to explain to everybody why you think this is dangerous. And then I'm going to return. And I'm okay. going to explain why I love this book and why I think everybody should have a copy. But you go first. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Uh, by the way, translations versus paraphrases versus absorbing God's word into your being. That's mm-hmm. the whole point. Right. All right. Okay, so it is a paraphrase. The message is a paraphrase. That is very different than a translation. A tra- How so? A translation goes word for word or phrase for phrase mm-hmm. as to what things mean. A literal translation. A paraphrase is like, well, I don't know exactly what they said, but he, but he meant this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like put in your own words. There's nothing wrong with paraphrasing things or paraphrasing what someone has said. But, you know, even when you get into like media and so on, it's very important. When I'm going to quote you, I'm going to quote you and it better be exactly right. Or if I'm going to paraphrase and tell you this was the gist of what he said, I'm going to let you know this is not a direct quote. This is the gist of what he said. I'm interpreting what he said. And, and, and in I think you meant gist, jur- but anyway, keep going. Journalism, it's very important to distinguish between the two. I believe that it's very important to distinguish between the two when it comes to what has God said. Because that's exactly, and we've talked about this probably every show, we've talked about this, how Satan took what God has said and he just paraphrased it. You know, mm-hmm. does it really mean that? Let's let me just put it in my own words. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so there is a danger in that if you're reading something and you think this is what God has actually literally said and it's not, that can cause confusion. Who's the author of confusion? Mm-hmm. If you really want to know exactly what God has said, a word for word, phrase for phrase translation will give you word for word, phrase for phrase, what exactly God said. And some people find different words for different things. Like, well, yeah, we just talked about carpenter or stonemason. Like in First okay. Samuel chapter 16, when uh, Jesse got all of his boys together and they were consecrated mm-hmm. before Samuel got there. Another uh, translation says they were sanctified. They went through a ritual, religious ritual process to be pure enough to stand in front of the prophet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what that meant. Right. So they've used the word consecrated. They've used the word um, sanctified. You know, the you know, uh, spiritual pre- preparation was another translation. I should look that up with what Eugene Peterson said. Right, right. But we're going to go back to the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is going to be our example today. And then I'm going to explain why 
I love the message and I want everybody to have a copy. And Emily's like, no, <laughs> don't do that. Um, <laughs> I, I know, and I've used the message in, in, in teaching before alongside other passages. Uh, I know that when the, this has come out, I've seen other people use it as their main text. Like uh, we're going to go to the message and read, you know, Acts chapter two, whatever. No. Um, you have a big problem with that. I do. And it's because of what you just explained. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah well, yeah, because if because, again, you're not reading exactly what God has said. I don't have a problem with the message in that as long as you're distinguishing and letting people know this is a paraphrase. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's it's just like if you were to pick up somebody's Bible study. And you say, okay, this is this part of the Bible study is is actual scripture, what God actually said. And this part of the Bible study is this person expounding or explaining or putting in their own words mm -hmm. what God has said. And we make that distinction. But if all of a sudden we're gonna bring, you know, Nancy Lee DeMoss, I'm gonna read her thing as this is our lesson for today, and that's it, well then we're missing what God has really said. And, and then that leaves us open to any interpretation. And so I think it's just important that people n distinguish between the two. One is actually God's word. Okay. One is a maybe a teaching tool, like All a right. Bible study. I've got a bunch of translations of Bibles opened up here. Mike Shaw standing by for right on way off. Let's bring him in now. Just yeah. jump the gun. Mike, what yeah. do you what what's your take on the translation discussion so far? Well, I think this Dallas shallest only. <laughs> Speaketh in Elizabethan in English. Yeah. Yes. What I'm thinking. That's verily I say unto you. Verily, verily I say unto you. Amen. Time is coming and has amen. already arrived. Yes. Truly, truly. Thouest thy doest. So I'm, I'm I'm poking a little fun at the King James only crowd because they exist too. Oh, right. I, hey, one of my one of my one of my favorite pastors in the country, Dr. Frank Centers. Uh -huh. Um he he passed uh pastors New Richmond Baptist Church in Holland, mm -hmm. Michigan. Yeah. He's new he's King James only. And yeah. he was he was one of our guest devotionaries. I love this guy. Now we don't right. we don't agree on all that minutiae together, but we both love Jesus. And Frank was always there when I had the faster pastor challenge at Berlin Raceway. So he was always yeah. there. He had a rule. You preach from the King James Version Bible. So when in I was his guest church, speaker, yeah. what, what was my what what would I do? Go to Frank and explain, well, let me tell you about translation <laughs> no, and all, you, how I, I understand. Right. You know, I was thinking maybe I'd do ESV because I'm me and I'm no, cool. Right, right. No, you go, hey, Dr. Frank. Yes, I'd be happy to preach out of King yeah, James Version because, to be a guest speaker in your church. Thank you for the opportunity to share the gospel. You know that with that translation, you're still giving them the word of God. That's right. God yes. really did say that. Yeah. 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 And know. not only that, I agree with Frank's premise as to why he does it. Yeah. Sure. I yeah. don't disagree with him, but I don't apply it to me because it doesn't work for me. Yeah. But I see the logic in what he's trying to do based a lot on, on your guys' take on translations. Yeah. Well, you know? I, and I think no matter what you end up picking up... Uh, like for me, when I first became a Christian, I had the nearly inspired version, mm -hmm. and it was a Ryrie uh, study Bible. So I got what is it called? The NIV. The the barely, nearly, nearly inspired, inspired version. That's, that's oh, the joke okay. about the NIV. All right, you got to give up. <laughs> I love I love the NIV. I love the NIV. I, 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 yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I stole that joke. But um, yeah, anyway, so I like NIV it. is how I started. And, yep, and me but too. at the same time, I was listening to preaching from a guy who did King James. Mm -hmm. I got so much King James in me to look up stuff because for me, it's somewhere in the Bible it says something like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that gets me started into hey, my Bible app to yes. actually find it. Yep. Um, even though I have a good grasp on God's word, finding the address and stuff, mm -hmm. to, to Emily's point, mm -hmm 
because I want to quote the Bible yes. when I'm teaching, mm -hmm. and then you can expound from there. Right. And so King James uh, really grounded in that, and NIV is where I started. Then I went to NASB and read NASB for a couple of years all the way through and enjoyed that, and now I'm King uh, New King James. Okay. And they're all great. I know yes. a lot of New King James people that they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're they've chosen that like 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 Switzerland. Okay, <laughs> it's the neutral between the yeah. two. So right. I'm just going to go with that. Right. Yeah, and, and they're all there to help people more deeply mm -hmm. understand. Yeah. Chris, you and I have gotten to passages where, oh gosh, we're reading out of the Bible, but this one verse, like it doesn't even roll off the tongue well. Like it was yeah. hard to yeah. even say, and then yeah. you go back and you're trying to understand it. So what do we do? We go to another translation and act, not a paraphrase. A translation, <laughs> NLT, and and it and it gives you clarification. It helps you to go deeper. It helps you to understand, and you might I, even have to go to two or three. I've seen some top preachers re re reference the message, and I think the one in my mind is Dr. David Jeremiah. Yeah, and when he mentioned it, I've heard him do it twice. I think I'm pretty sure it's him. If it's not him, it's either Greg Laurie or Alistair Beggar, one of them, one of the big guys. And he always says it this way, and I'm sure it's Dr. David Jeremiah. He says, Eugene Peterson says in the message. Okay, that's there good. you go. Eugene yeah. Peterson says in the message. That's good. That's yep. Well, hey, we're looking at this uh, prodigal son in Luke 15. And so the ESV says this, the NIV says this, the New King James says this. And Eugene Peterson says it like this in the message. That's right. Good. I right. think that's a great way to use it. Sure. Because yeah. it's a good tool. Yeah. You know, Emily rejects the message and thinks it. I'm just saying. It's not if my Emily, favorite. If, it's if, not my favorite. If, 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 if Emily, if Emily rode over on the Mayflower, the message <laughs> would get a good old book burning. <laughs> Back in that day. No, it would just be very waterlogged. <laughs> Eugene all. Peterson's a I witch. Eugene bait. Peterson's a witch. Oh, <laughs> so, stop. So I had a co-worker, you know, when we were all back at Family Life Radio back yes. in the day. And, um, and so I had a co-worker and we were talking about the message. And he says, you know, the message keeps messing, um, mentioning casserole. What? He goes, what? were there a lot of casseroles back in the first century church? Because they're always bringing over casseroles in the message. Oh, um, interesting. That, is, is that what he says in the message? I don't, I don't, I don't know. The, I don't know. I don't he, know. He was reading well, a couple passages. Well, we've got a passage that. set aside that Emily has picked that is particularly good. to show how bad the message is. And so I want to go through this. <laughs> right. I want her to... Literally shoot all the bullets out of her gun, and then I'm going to come back and tell you why the message is worthwhile in so many ways. Can and I'm I, so proud of Eugene Peterson. But anyway, go ahead, Mike. Can I pop some corn? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right, Emily, where are we going what? in the scriptures? I've got the references over here. I'll read All right, them. let's go to the Lord's Prayer. This okay. is a pretty this is a pretty poignant piece of scripture because the disciples are literally teach us how to do this and Jesus says this, okay? Um when you pray, do this. So we're going to Matthew chapter 6 verse 11 and it's very interesting because when you get down to verse 11, um, where in literal translations, it says, give us this day our daily bread. Um, it doesn't say that, I don't believe, in okay. the message. All right, let's just go through it here. I've got uh, New American Standard Version giant print. <laughs> Ooh, can I have that? <laughs> yeah. No, it's That's why I gave up my NASB because the print was too small. <laughs> No, you can you. borrow it, but I got to have it back uh, Monday through Wednesday oh, okay. for my right. for my uh, desk because this oh, is one of my desks. This is my. I'll buy my own. And, and 
as I, I think I might have a I might be able to come He's down there. He's not going to share his I, word of I've God only got with 20, you. I've only got 20 <laughs> Bibles down there. I don't know if I can spare the word for a brother. Don't know. All right, this is what it says. Uh, you said 611. 611. Give us this day our daily bread. Verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Verse 13, we'll do those three verses. Okay. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The Lord's Prayer. Amen. All right. right. So if someone were to say, what's the Lord's Prayer? And you sent them to the message, what would it say? Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Matthew 6, 11. Give us this day our daily bread. This is the ESV. Okay. And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Well, that sounds it pretty sounds much the same thing. Like the pretty Lord's close. Prayer to me. Yeah. <laughs> and the actual Lord's Prayer is John 17. That's the Lord's instruction on prayer. But anyway. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. That's, I appreciate that. <laughs> yep. Okay. So, the, yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. That's uh, Jesus speaking, actually. Is what you're, is yeah. that what you're saying, Mike? Mm-hmm. This is how he's instructing us how to yeah, pray. Yeah. Yeah. John 17 is when he actually prayed. I got yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I know, right? Mm-hmm. I love doing that because right. it's no, like, that's, that's helpful. That's, that's absolutely helpful. Yeah, that's fun. Okay, now you want me to read it out of the message? Yeah, I had it marked and then I moved. Myself. Your message is falling apart over there. I think there's a conspiracy I going on it. over there. <laughs> I have it right here. I have it right here in my Bible app. QAnon. <laughs> Yes, it's next to my QAnon app. <laughs> yeah. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Right, I'm ready. What does it say? Let's read from the message. <laughs> Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best. As above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. <laughs> Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. What do you think? Do you see the problem? No. Three you square meals. See, yeah. Jesus said, I am three square meals. <laughs> no, he, said no he, he said, give us our I daily bread. Yeah. The bread of life. Give us our daily bread. Yes, you're asking for, you know, your physical needs, but who's the bread of life? What is, what so is when your you're daily asking, bread? So when you're asking for bread, you're, it, it, you're entering into not just the physical, but the spiritual, spiritual. realm as well. And so many I other think, references to bread that have that meaning. Yeah. And this takes out some of that meaning. Yeah. Yeah. I th- yeah. I yeah. I agree. I agree because right. then how do you how like if you're reading through it and and you're reading the Bible and and like you said Chris scripture mm-hmm. interpret scripture. Yeah. If yeah. you're reading it and you hear Jesus in one part of the Bible saying I am the bread of life, but then you go to the Lord's prayer and you say keep us alive with three square meals. Pork chops and applesauce. How do how are people supposed to make that connection? Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. He I is don't not, think so. He is not talking about himself as the bread of life in the Lord's prayer. The Lord Jesus is not talking about that. He's Jesus. talking about being grateful for the food that you receive from the Lord on a daily basis. He's probably right about that. Yeah. That's why he said the three square meals. And I know that it is a paraphrase. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that means? Someone I'm telling is, you, conspiracy, okay. dude. Uh-huh. Your book's hey, falling apart. You know, Your you walls know, are uh, falling uh, down. You know, our, you know our audio <laughs> listeners are more important to me than our video <laughs> listeners, so I have to explain it. Some stuff just fell off the wall behind me, <laughs> and we're just going to keep moving. Yeah, We don't know why. We don't know why. We don't but know why just, the timing of that. There was a little soundboard that fell down, knocked the thermostat that had the Fresh Road Media thing on it, and here we go. We're going to keep moving. Anyway, no. that's what just happened. Back to the paraphrase. And by the way, as I make my point, I think I might use this music because it sure helped the message. Uh, it's pretty good. 
Okay. Anyway, so back to what we were talking about. The message is a paraphrase. You want to continue? Shoot all your bullets. Once you're done, then I get to go. Okay, so when he when the Lord's Prayer, where he's he's not necessarily speaking about himself, he's still using the term bread to refer to everything I need. That give us this day our daily bread is not three square meals. It's it's all encompassing. Everything that I need for today, you be my provider, God. Mm-hmm. That's what it's saying. And yep. so I agree with Mike. You're missing out on a lot. Yeah, there. I, I I think that 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 you and again you picked the picked the verse. You went to that one. That's the one that you've been. I don't want to. That's the one. That's the one you've been mocking for the last decade plus. That's the one that when I read it, I went, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" Yeah, you're doing your Uh, Pam. Let's just let's just make it clear that this is not the actual word of God. This is, like you said before, I think it's a paraphrase. It's Eugene Peterson said this. Eugene Peterson said this in the message, right? And Eugene Peterson did a fantastic job. But it's not I, just I'm another. It's not just another translation. Uh, you of the want, Bible. All right, read, read Isaiah. Read Isaiah in the Message. If you've struggled reading the Book of Isaiah in any other translation, mm-hmm. pick up the Message and read it as a story. Right, and you will have a deeper understanding of what Isaiah is trying to talk about. Right, that's just one example. So, are you done? Can I go? Well, I'm not saying that. Th- burn the book. Seriously, I, I want to backtrack just a little bit because I'm not saying that. Um, maybe, you know, I'm just saying approach it like you would uh, somebody else's Bible study or daily devotion or whatever. You're going to get a human being's interpretation of what it says. But if you really want to know what God has actually said, you have to go into a literal translation. And that's why I struggle a little bit when I hear pastors use it from the pulpit because I want to know are people understanding that that's not actually literally exactly what God said. But you are right, Chris. I will give you that. That Okay, I'm reading through Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Holy cow, some of it's hard, mm-hmm. you know. So go to Eugene Peterson's book, okay, and see how he has written it in a way that you can get meaning out of it. You're, you know, understand it deeper. That that there's, I have no problem with hey, that. Hey, there's no question that the deep meaning sometimes is going to be glossed over in a paraphrase. Right. Yeah. You you get it that. It might not be exactly yeah. accurate. Look, you want to go race cars. <laughs> you say. want the joy of racing cars. You may cut a tire and hurt yourself or wreck your car. That's yeah. that's part of it. Yeah. Um, but you may not touch anybody and take the checkered flag and get the big check. Who knows? Yeah. Look, Eugene Peterson did something that I wanted to have done my whole life. I was not a great student. Um, um, just hard, hard to do scholastic type work. I was always a verbal communicator. In fact, if it wasn't for microphones, we'd be homeless. Because if I, <laughs> talking is all I know how to do for a living. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm not even good at that. So uh, the reality is, is that here's what I've experienced with the message. Personally, mm-hmm. I have struggled to get the overall bigger story concept. A Gideon. Read the read the Gideon story through the message. It'll make it come alive in yeah. a different way. Um, so the impact it's made on my life is number one. Number two, when we were out in the Bering Sea, uh, Bristol Bay of the Bering Sea in the village of Naknek, Alaska, I had Yupik Eskimo guys that I hung out with a lot. And a lot of them were in their like quest to see if 
Jesus was real. You know what I mean? I mean, they're, they're seekers, whatever mm-hmm, you want to call mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. One guy struggled with the English language. He struggled, struggled with the UP language too. He wasn't a great reader or writer. I gave him a little message, New Testament that remember when we had those at the mm-hmm, radio station mm-hmm, in, in Alaska, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, two weeks later, I see him and his whole face has changed. He is saved. He gave his life to Jesus. He surrendered it at the cross because the message finally made sense that Jesus died for him, mm-hmm. that he, Jesus actually physically rose from the dead, was dead, 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 and he rose from the dead and appeared to many people. That's why I love the message. That's why I love what Eugene Peterson did. Now, I fall in your camp because what happens? It doesn't matter whether it's Christian or not. It's human nature. Mm-hmm. What happens when something's successful? It immediately gets a competition. Or a, oh right, yeah, you know, yeah. If I come out with this this little mouse right here, I, I make this mouse a little bit better than the next guy. People are going to want it, and then mm-hmm. guess what? Somebody else mm-hmm. is going to make a better one than this. Mm-hmm. That's how the world works. Mm-hmm. So Eugene Peterson came out. This was a huge financial success as well. And so guess what? Everybody started coming out with their own paraphrases. Right, right. And there was one that they asked us to promote on the air, and we were supposed to give the book away on the air. And uh, we didn't. <laughs> we couldn't. Um, they made Jesus, Mike Shaw, this translation, I think it was called Storyline something, uh, the... Um, the Shack? No, the, <laughs> no, don't even get me started on The Shack. Know, or sorry. Jesus Calling, don't get me started <laughs> yeah, on The... It was called something like... Um, Fair play or something like that. Or, okay. You know, I'm not familiar. Yeah. yeah it didn't remember. make the cut. I mean, it was a paraphrase that went way too far. And basically what it did was we were, re- Emily and I were reading it and we couldn't believe we were reading what we were reading. <laughs> it said that Jesus will be the great eternal referee. Oh, oh I remember that. You remember that one? Wow. I do remember reading that. And I'm that. like, okay, that's too far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eugene never went that far. No, he. I didn't. I, I, yeah. I think that Eugene. Yes, there's some areas where there's not the depth that you would want out of scripture. Right. Yeah. But the level of understanding you can get by reading the message as a story is invaluable. It's been invaluable to me. Right. I've seen it be invaluable to others. And I'm only giving you one of about ten right. different, five to ten different uh, stories I could tell you of where I saw the message make an impact. Yeah, it definitely so has. This yeah. is a classic example of what we're fighting in our society. This is why apologetics is so needed. This is mm-hmm. why Christians have to have love. When I say if you rain, wave the rainbow flag, you're not one of us, I mean that politely. You're not. Examine yourself. It, you know, uh, it, go be rainbow flag person. Don't you know? Christianity is for those of us who are sold out believers for Jesus Christ. Exactly. And if you can read a book that changes, uh, that moves you on that path, I, I you know, the Blackabees. Henry Blackaby yeah. and his son Richard. Solid. Dr. Richard Blackaby is, I think, you know, even smarter than his dad. But that's just me. I mean, I love his dad. His dad. <laughs> By the way, Mike, have you ever had Henry Blackaby on your show? I have not. Oh, okay. Not yet. Um, you, he is one of the most brilliant, nicest, gentlest man, but he is a really tough interview because he's just not. He tells jokes on Facebook. Did you know that? Yeah. But why can't he <laughs> tell them when he's talking on our show? <laughs> I mean, he's was, having a bad he's, day. He's all about the printed word, dude. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's much better in writing. He's I'll just put it that way. Yeah. You know, the point Maybe, is, is yeah. they have made a huge impact in my life, and yep. I want people to have that. Um, but you can't replace scripture. And right. Emily, you do have the final, you know, mic drop, you know, pin in the board. It's not scripture. 
and we cannot look at it like it's scripture. Right. But it's as close to scripture that to be helpful as possibly can be. And I don't want to lose that helpfulness right. because of the possible hurt. It and is. it's like that in society with everything we do, what, whether it's political, whether it's family, whether it's church, there's always a best practice and a not as best practice that's still good, but the best practice can sometimes make yeah. this one look bad. And this one is not trying to take anything away from this one. Do you see what I mean? Give the message it's due is all I'm saying. I think and by have. doing that, but by doing <laughs> that, sometimes we make it feel like it's a legitimate translation. Correct. And that's the that's <laughs> the problem. Mike's nodding. Yes. Don't do no, it. don't, don't do, do that. And no, that, no, no, no. Right. I'm not saying we're going to do think, anything. I'm just talking about what actually happened. I think we are nope. very much on the same page yeah. uh, because, yeah, I mean, it can be a, a great tool just like, I'm going to go share my testimony with someone. I'm going to go share the gospel with someone. I might not be reading actual text out of a Bible, but there's still power in those words. There's the power to build up and there's the power to tear down. There's no denying that. But <laughs> however, I'm not God. So I'm not telling you Say what God has said unless I'm <laughs> quoting what God has said right. or, you know, whatever. So here's the thing. When I'm reading through God's word, I will fall on a phrase. And it will click with me either about myself or about somebody else very close to me mm-hmm. or about, you know, what's going on in our culture today. And that phrase that God has said mm-hmm. um. I start praying it back to God. Mm. You know, when we say things like, Lord, come quickly, it's because that's what it says in the Bible. God loves hearing his word returned to him. He loves hearing us pray his word back to him. There's no bigger flattery as a father than when you hear a child repeat what you have said. And the, and you know that they've taken that into their being, their core being is truth. And so I don't want to gloss over that. I want a clear distinction. I have no problem. You can use the message to bring clarification. Just know it's not a substitution for the mm-hmm. Bible. It's oh, really not. Excellent it's, point. it's a great study tool. I don't hate it. I don't. I what I hate is when it's misused. That's what I. You got anything hate. final on this, Mike Shaw? I don't use it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. Such a typical guy. <laughs> I just boom. No. Cut to the chase. Yeah. I just don't. I use don't it. use it. Yeah. Well, yeah. the reason why is because uh, when I do read the Bible, it gets in me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it gets inside of me, yeah. and it, and then it comes out in my life. You know, ideally. Yeah. <laughs> and. and if I'm if I'm putting a a paraphrase in me, then I'm then I I have the danger. This is for me the danger of playing telephone, right? Because if I'm paraphrasing a paraphrase, then <laughs> you know it's already you know because I'm already the somewhere in the Bible that says something like right. And at least I'm starting with the Bible when I do that. If I start with a paraphrase when I do that, then I'm getting and further away. Yeah, you're writing it on your heart. Yeah, yeah, you know, I yeah. might not know exactly where it is and right. I might, you know, I'm going to say what I what I know it to mean or whatever. Mm-hmm. But every time I go back and read what it actually says, I'm writing that on my heart. I'm learning it more and more. It's anchoring with me and it's important to do that. And we can't just say, well, this is really hard. So I'm going to go to this easy thing as a substitute. Right, right. I mean, that's like, 
having Twinkies instead of a salad because Twinkies are easier. And the, the thing is, I don't want to judge what Chris said either because, you know, he brought a couple examples of people. Yeah. I'm going to give you another example yeah, to close the segment. So that's for them. This is for me. That's, right. That's what exactly. I do for me. All right. I'm yeah. going to give you yeah. some. I'm going to we're going to end on why this is such a good book. And yeah. you, you guys should try to use it as you can. I mean, yeah. you handle the word of God so often that you don't need a message. But guess what? There's a truckload of folks out there that don't handle the Word of God the way you guys do. And they can certainly benefit from the message. I'm going to give you an example. Let's go to Acts chapter 13. And it says, verse 42, As Paul and Barnabas were going out, the people kept begging that these things might be spoken to them the next Sabbath. Now when the meeting of the synagogue had broken up, many of the Jews and the Greek-fearing proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, were urging them to continue in the grace of God. The next Sabbath, nearly the whole city assembled to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began contradicting the things spoken by Paul and were blaspheming. Mm. Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and said, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first, since you repudiate it and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. For as the Lord has commanded us, I have placed you as a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Now, same thing, same thing. And, and, and let me tell you, from a storyteller, this is brilliant. This is alive. This came so alive for me because of the way Eugene Peterson wrote it. When I went right, back to the right. Bible, it had more impact. Listen, yeah, listen yeah. to what it says. Yeah. Um, I got to back up here. Don't take this lightly. We don't want the prophet's sermon to describe you. Watch out, cynics. Look hard. Watch your world fall to pieces. I'm doing something right before your eyes that you won't believe, though it's staring you in the face. When the service was over, Paul and Barnabas were invited back to preach again the next Sabbath. As the meeting broke up, a good many Jews and converts to Judaism went along with Paul and Barnabas, who urged them in the long conversations to stick with what they'd started this living in and by God's grace. Mm -hmm. When the next Sabbath came around, practically the whole city showed up to hear the word of God. Some of the Jews seeing the crowds went wild with jealousy and tore into Paul, contradicting everything he was saying, making an ugly scene. Mm. But Paul and Barnabas didn't back down. Standing their ground, they said, it was required that God's word be spoken first of all to you, the Jews. But seeing that you want no part of it, you made it quite clear that you have no taste or inclination for eternal life. The door is open to all outsiders. and We're on our way through it, following orders, doing what God commanded us to do. Mm. Now, is that not deeper to the English American new millennium mind. I think it's probably more understandable there you and go. you get a really good picture of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the picture's clarified. Can, and then you can go back and reread the actual word of God and you are going to understand it better. I'd be and, curious about one thing. Yes. All right. What does the NLT say? Because I mm. the NLT is so close to the message that I owe and, and again I like the NLT. Well, well, that's because of the word translation. It's technically a paraphrase as well, but they threw the word translation in there. Oh, yeah, because it sent Emily in a tizzy. We were on the road, and look at her. (laughs) She she, she can barely contain herself right now. Let me say something. Let me say something. I I got words in here. I need to come out here. If it's a translation, I need to know. Please tell me. It is a translation of a paraphrase. What? Yeah, yep. it is. Yep. They took uh, the Bible. They did a paraphrase. <laughs> Just watch it. And then they took the paraphrase and wanted to put it in better language. So they did a translation of the paraphrase. Therefore, they can call it the New Living 
translation. Oh my goodness. Okay. All right. Just so you know. I paid I paid good <laughs> money on Kindle for that. All right. Here's what we're gonna do. All I, right. I've got to set that stuff up behind me. Others yeah. drive me nuts. <laughs> It's um, interesting. It fell when it did, and we don't have sponsors, and we need donors. If you're if you're a possible donor, go to freshroadmedia.com right now. Now's when we would take a break and we'd reset the table yeah. and come back with right on way off. But we're not going to do that. So here's what I want you guys to do: I'm going to like do kind of an out, and then everybody just wave your hand in front of your cameras, and then okay. we'll come back. And we'll do it. Okay. Okay. Ready? That sounds good. Okay. So you're listening to <laughs> No Apology <laughs> with Emily and Chris. Children. It is. <laughs> Freshroadmedia.com. Our special guest is Mike Shaw. We're back right after this for Right On Way Off. All right. And then we come back. Okay. Wow. And we're back. Yes. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. During that break, a lot happened. (laughs) Emily, tell us what's going to happen on Right On Way Off. I got something I got to do over here. I got three questions coming up, and you guys are going to tell me whether these, well, not questions, they're statements. Um, you're going to tell me whether uh, I am right off or... <laughs> <laughs> you're right off. Don't get distracted by whether the man I'm... <laughs> putting foam on the wall. <laughs> Don't look. Don't pay no attention to the it's man like putting the foam on the wall. like the Wizard of Oz, you know? Yeah, it's a little, crooked. You have it's done... a little crooked just so you can be annoyed. Uh, Could you have no, done I'm a wrong. worse job? <laughs> Where's Eugene Peterson when you need him? Oh, my goodness. Um, okay, I so... did not get my three square meals today. <laughs> <laughs> I want to start praying for you. And I gave up bread. (laughs) (laughs) But not the bread of life. Yeah, what about the carnivores? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So right on way off, where are we headed? What are we doing I got three statements, and I'm going to throw them out to you guys. You guys are going to tell me whether these statements are right on or are they way off. And then I'll let you know who's really right. Uh, (laughs) But there's three of them. And the first one, these don't really even have anything to do with what we talked about today, which is totally fine. We're just switching gears, having a little fun. So are you ready, Chris? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, Statement number one, I'll go to you first, Chris. Uh, This could be a loaded question, so try to keep it concise. Uh, Right on. Okay, you're going to hit me with something you know I'm fired up about. Short and sweet. Mm. Technology is our friend. Right on. Or way off. Ooh, I gotta go with right on. Okay, I gotta go with right on. <laughs> <laughs> I think technology can be our friend, but I really think that it's a friend that needs to be managed. Do you have any of those in your life, <laughs> or a family member that needs to be managed? If you know what I mean. How about technology is a naughty <laughs> nah, child. You're not a right dude, Mike. We, don't, we don't manage you. I'm talking about you know you know what I'm talking about. We're, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Where you got a friend that if if they start going down a path, you know that the night could get really yeah. weird, and you either bring them back or you leave them. You I've, love I've, them to I've, death. I got people like that in my life. But you got to know. Yeah. Yeah, you got to manage them. When to I mean, back that's off. that's the term. Right. You got to manage them. So yep. with technology, it's the same thing. And I think that the use of technology to share the gospel is one of the big things that's going to usher in the kingdom of Christ. And so I won't want, I don't want to badmouth it, but evil's multiplied on that same platform by, by 50. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the problem with technology is people have made it their God. Te- the the, the True, techno yeah. God is going to solve everything. Yeah. But yeah. I, I got to be honest with you, without technology, you and I could not have lived the life that we've lived. We would have gone, we would have gone insane. FaceTime changed everything. <laughs> GPS changes everything. I, we've lived in all these cities. Right. We've traveled all over. I've spoken in 33 different states. We've probably, there's like seven states we've not driven through. 
And that's all in the northeast corner up there. But did five, you notice all the generations before us that didn't have technology, they didn't go insane? <laughs> no, I'm talking about the life we actually lived. I don't think we could have done it without GPS. Yeah. I don't think we could have it done it without life, FaceTime. Life different, yeah. I, I don't think I would Just live different. all over the country for my, my, my kids and my grandkids if it wasn't for FaceTime. I yeah. think that that is the magic True. elixir yeah. that allows me the joy that I have in my heart. I feel, look, we feel like we were with our granddaughters seven, eight days ago, mm -hmm. but we weren't. But right. it feels like it. Yeah. Got and to see their cute faces. So anyway, yeah. uh, I am right on. Right on. All right. Mike Shaw. Technology is our friend. Right on. Way off. I'm going to shock you on this one. I'm right on. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> really? I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know where you're going that yeah, from there. Right. Well, I hate calling people liar in public. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, sometimes you do have to manage. Yourself. Yeah, you're, if you're way off on this question, liar. Yeah, that's right. There's a pants fire going on in here. Somebody call the fire department. So when I first got up this morning, I went and I actually poured myself a cup of coffee after I made it. I did not have to go a mile to the river. To get a bucket of water, to bring it back on the fire I had got going that morning, uh -huh. to warm it up, and then so that I... <laughs> this is something I said. No, I, the stuff keeps falling I, off I the guess, wall. I, hey, audio listener yeah. only. Audio only listeners, do know this. Yeah. You're number one to me. Yes. Everybody yeah. that's watching on TV, you're yeah. number two. Yeah. I, that's okay. Uh -huh. But I'm an, uh, listen to the show sometime and you'll see it sounds so much better than it looks and this is one of the reasons <laughs> why it's pretty good though. yeah right, uh, nehemiah is not calling chris anytime soon so i'll finish the thought <laughs> i love technology you guys know yes, that i have three yes. phones you're all good that. with it and you're I'm yeah. just it's a it's a yeah it's, it's something i have an adeptness to uh -huh. and i enjoy it and i yes. love it my problem is the evil in the world that's using it for our demise yeah. and that is increasing as well and mm -hmm. we've done shows on that and we've talked yep. about that and we'll talk more about that we've got a central bank digital currency coming based mm -hmm. on blockchain most yes. likely that's going to uh, result in uh, them being able to control us through technology that i love yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> No. Your lover's going to betray you, Mikey. Jerks. <laughs> okay. If he, <laughs> it's going to betray us. I'm still not breaking up with him. Uh, <laughs> You're staying till the last I dog am. is hung. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All um, right. No, What's next? I, I think Mike hit on some, th some things, and so did you, Chris. I'm right on with that as well, believe it or not, because I hate technology. Okay? It's our friend. But I hate you. Um, the reason it's our friend is because people like Mike can do things with it that I cannot, but like everything else. I mean, everything in the world has that potential, Mike, to be used for evil. We can mm. even ask Mr. Oppenheimer about that. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, if you're planning to go see that movie. Yep, anyway. Um, yeah, go see yeah. that. Don't go see Barbie. <laughs> I, I, heard, I read Barbie was just this flaming garbage pile. Yeah. Of wokeness. See, and that's to another the kids. example. That's another example of something that could be used for good, but then they take it and Well, and you it think it's evil. benign because it's Barbie. We've all had Barbie around yeah. for all of our adult lives. I mean, all of our lives. I mean, there's right. nobody. Barbie's older than all of us. Okay? There's nostalgia there. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I'm waiting didn't... for the movie Easy Bake Oven. <laughs> <laughs> When's that coming out? My sister had an Easy Bake Oven. I took one of my 45s. Put it in there and shaped it into an ashtray. Don't you miss the seventies? Oh, wow. yeah. Was that the inception that then of of the CD to come later? <laughs> <laughs> they just put vinyl through. Put the vinyl in the Easy Bake Oven. <laughs> and make Digital crystal clear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Question number two. We're moving on, moving guys. On. We're right. yucking it up way too much. All right. Okay. Question number two. Air conditioning is indeed 
The best thing to come along since sliced bread. Right on or way off, Mike Ooh, Shaw. Right on. Yeah? I like it better than sliced bread. <laughs> I like breaking bread. Breaking bread's nice. And dipping it in olive oil with some, you know, some True. with some garlic in there. And roasted Break garlic. bread together. Right. But air conditioning, oh my goodness, the air conditioning in here is off right now. <laughs> it's a game changer. <laughs> we are sweating. We are it's so hot. The dew point's like 72. The, that's Weatherman, why, weatherman, slow down. That's <laughs> why stuff's falling off the wall. I, I think it is. The adhesives yeah. are melting in so here. So we to ask that question when today's <laughs> high is 97. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that was what brought that thought upon <laughs> us. Yeah. So, the yeah. thing is, the, what's really funny is, you know, living in Tucson, I've been watching them. Yeah. They've been over 110 uh. for, for almost a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lubbock has, uh, I think they're going to get ready to break a record of days, consecutive days over 100, although not as many 100 days as yes, as last year, but still very hot. Yeah. And here it's been 80. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. been yeah. great. Yeah. Well, so we're uh, finally getting a taste of it, but we can't complain. Since you yeah, brought us into the true. weather ditch, yeah. uh, <laughs> Emily, did. I want to make one point before you go on to your next question, okay. and that's this. Do you know that I learned this week about climate change, the scam that's going on with oh, climate change? No, me. I mean, I've, it's, it's done. Yeah. Um, they are taking the surface temperature mm-hmm. of the earth, and that's what they're working with. <gasps> Never before have we ever done that. It's obviously going to be a few degrees hotter no matter what. That's why it's the hottest summer on record because there is no records. Every other official temperature of the day is taken two meters above ground air temperature. Uh, That's the official. should be. So now they've they've switched the game and they're using surface temperature versus air temperature to try to convince you all that there's some sort of calamity coming that's not coming. And as a climate change denier, I'm not a denier. I'm a facts approver. Right. Show me the facts. And when you show me facts that have that big of a discrepancy in it, yeah. let me throw it out. So let me get this straight to make sure that I'm understanding what I think you're saying. Um, and that is because they're going to surface temperature, yep. surface temperature can be influenced in a lot. You know, that's why you go in town. It's hotter than it is when you're out in the country. We take racetrack temperature so that we know what, what to put stagger exactly. in our car because we know how slippery or how much grip we're going to get. Oh, the track's 120. It's 86 degrees outside. Right. Exactly. So it can, that the surface can be impacted by a lot of different things. And so, but taking the actual air temperature would be more accurate than surface temperature. Am I understanding right. this right? No, the, air temperature is all we've ever done for, yeah. hun- for the last yeah. hundred and t- how many years has it been, Mike? 142? That's part of the problem. It depends on the station. There are some stations okay. that have been reporting for 200 years oh. and some that have been reporting for two. Right. Oh, and so then right. you're like, oh, we set a new record at uh, you know yeah. this site and it's only been up for five years. Oh, that's another and, and, good little piece yeah, of information. No, again, right. it's called <laughs> propaganda. It's called brainwashing. Right. They want to show you a problem that's not a problem. So instead of using the air temperature, which they can't k- continue to keep going up. Remember when it was global warming? Mm-hmm. Well, then it changed and started cooling. So then they changed it from global warming to climate change. Now they said, forget this. Let's just go to the dirt. Let's go down to the earth because at the earth, it's going to be hotter. Always going to be hotter. Because the so earth we is can radiating show, heat. Then we can show <laughs> climate core. change the way that we want to sell our narrative. So you invest then in wind machines which actually cost more of a carbon footprint to operate for 12 years yeah. than it does, it does. what yeah. it takes away. So every windmill you see out there, yeah. the scientific facts are it is going negative. In other words, yeah. every piece more. of carbon it tries to save in its 12-year life cycle 
it takes more than that to put it there and make it run for 12 years. And it's yeah. killing eagles. And it's killing it a is. lot of stuff. It is. Yeah, yeah. So these, and is, it makes uh, me dizzy when I'm driving down the highway and they're just all around me. I get weird in my head. Like if it's it's visually interrupted. I love the concept. I love I love the fact that our culture tried. If only it. Worked. But if the <laughs> if, yeah, if the numbers are back now that say that it's not going to work to get point, these things erected yeah. and operating for twelve years. By the way, do you know that they run on oil? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they have to have oil. Massive to run. amounts of petroleum to yep. create these yeah. things, ship these things, repair these things, so and operate. And trying to things. find the solution to the problem, you've created a bigger, bigger problem. problem. Just down the line. Anyways, All right. Back to right on way off. Emily, what is question number two? Question number three. Three? What happened? Air conditioning. Oh, air. I didn't even get to respond. <laughs> we got off on the <laughs> we weather. Got off on the weather. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Oh, my fault. Okay. Well, let me answer question number two real quick. Okay. Air conditioning. Phoenix, Arizona, 1950. Population in that census, 150,000. Air conditioning is invented. Yep. 20 or 2,000 census, 50 years later. Population's over 5 million. Mm -hmm. Same. Area. That says a lot. Because of air, air conditioning. Because <laughs> of air conditioning. Look, I'm not going to say that it's the number one invention since sliced bread, but I don't think yeah. you could have a top five that impacted the population in a positive way and leave air conditioning off. I agree. I, I agree. Yeah. And Question it makes three. me feel good. Like I could live without my phone, I think. Cannot live without And Emily always makes the case because she's known as the polar bear. She always makes the case as the polar bear <laughs> that we can live without heat. We can find ways to get warm. Yes. We can't find ways to get cool. Correct. So she stands in front of the freezer with two steaks on her cheeks. Christmas in July. That's and let me tell you, the term <laughs> happy works. lady does not apply. <laughs> we have a frustrated, over hot. <laughs> well, you're you're smoking hot to begin you, with. So that's a whole other home. story. But. We lived in northern Minnesota, which we didn't have <laughs> air conditioning because you don't really need it. But there was always like a few Couple days, days throughout the summer that were hey, like we're having them in Iowa. This week we're going to be in the high 90s for the yeah. next four days. And yeah. we'd all just go in the basement and we were fine in the basement. But eventually, you know, the kids have to eat. So I'd have to go upstairs and I'd have to <sighs> make something. And Chris came home from work. It was about different time he walked in the door and I'm just standing there with my head in the freezer because I just couldn't <laughs> take it. But the power of suggestion for all you polar bears out there, just, you know, lower the air conditioning degree, a degree or two in your house, put on a Christmas music uh, or a Christmas movie, and that that it makes the summer more bearable. Listen, really, this is, listen, because I come from, I come from a meager background. Let me tell you how to make your own air conditioning. It only lasts for about 10 minutes, but it does work. Take a popcorn bowl and fill it with ice. Mm -hmm. Set it on a table at the same level as your fan. So your fan's just above uh, the popcorn bowl yep, and have yeah. it blow. Yeah. And that's air conditioning. And that's if cool. you use a metal bowl, which is a conductor. Mm -hmm. You get a, you get a little cooler, even a little bit longer. And yeah. I use that technique to try to get to sleep. And then two hours later, I'd wake up in a pool of sweat thinking, know, oh, that was yeah. a bad idea. Why don't we just invest in an air yeah. conditioner? Yeah. My mom used to, when it would get really hot, she would just lay a sheet. You know, the, you know those really nice, thick old-time cotton sheets that Mima had on the bed. I only She'd sleep lay it with out Mike Lindell's Giza sheets. I'm sorry. <laughs> She'd lay it. that it's sheet. It's all about the thread count. She'd lay that Giza sheet. Giza sheets for my pillow. That's it. Out on the floor, and all four of us girls would lay on that sheet in the mid-afternoon with the fan going because once you got hot, you could just move a little bit, and it was cool. And then when about the time that that area got hot where you were laying the cool the fan had blown by again on oscillate 
Um, and then you could just move again. So we'd just lay there on the living floor, moving around and staying cool. That's how we stayed cool. It sounds like our solution was the best. I think so. In in Oregon growing up, we didn't have air conditioning at at the one place we lived in the country. Uh It got too hot. We'd put the sprinkler on the roof. Yep. Oh, on the roof. On the roof. And then the... And the water would come down the sides of the house and the breeze would blow with evaporative oh, cooling. Oh, how there you cool go. And cool off the house. There you go. Very nice. Like doesn't, the rain. Doesn't Just work like if, the rain yeah. makes it cooler. Yeah. Well, in Arizona, we'd sit there with right. those misters on and yeah. patios and we'd be 10, 20 degrees cooler. Yeah, yeah, can't do that in Alabama. All right, we got to move on. Okay, last question. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay, this is a quote that I saw. <laughs> well, we're doing a show, I forgot. <laughs> I should say this is a paraphrase of a quote that I saw and I want to see what you guys think about it. Christians need less of a biblical theology and more of a Jesus theology. Chris, right on or way off? I'm way off. Way off. I'm way off. That is deconstructionism 101. They're trying to do smoke (laughs) and mirrors. It's like a magician trick. Look at this hand. Look at my hand that I got in front of you. But while over here, I'm doing this. Jesus is theology. (laughs) If you do Jesus at all, you're doing theology. So the idea that you want to create this theology that makes everybody feel warm and comfortable, and you phrase it this way, you phrase it in common sense ways where everybody has to agree with you. And because if they don't, they, they better have an explanation. Because if your theology is hurting people, don't you think it's time for a new theology? <laughs> <laughs> Well, guess what? Said Jesus never. Jesus <laughs> said. Jesus told you your theology would hurt people. Yeah. He, he said, you're I've come to have, divide. I've come to divide families. You are going to have strife. Yeah. You, you, look, because look, of it. Yeah, because this is the kingdom of God. You give up this life for the next one. You recognize yourself as a sinner and you can't save yourself. And then you see Jesus is the Savior, lived the perfect life. He's the worthy sacrifice. <gasps> and he did it. He sacrificed for me. And I accept that. I become born again. And I move on. That right? sounds very biblical. That's Mike very Shaw. Biblical. What you, Mike Shaw. So, what you, oh. don't, don't get deceived by this fake Jesus some of these charlatans are promoting. <laughs> they're they're scamsters. They, they don't even know they're scamsters, but they're trying to scam you into thinking that there's this mystical Jesus, that they have yeah. this in, that they have this insight. They're the ones with all the answers. They've been given this special revelation. And so they're going to show you a Jesus who's so loving that these bad people with their theology, they hurt others. And it's like, no, that's just, the whole thing just reeks of garbage. (laughs) Garbage! You sound sound like Ben Shapiro now in the Barbie movie. (laughs) Pile of garbage. All right, Uh, Mike Shaw. When people deceive and manipulate, it gets me fired up. Mike Shaw, do you need the quote again, or do you got that? I have the same answer, but I can't do the cool mocking voice. It's a gift. (laughs) It is a gift. It's it's a trained gift. Oh, my gosh. I had somebody in my church ask me not to do the voices anymore. Oh, no. It wasn't me. No, I I told her, I said, this is part of this part of my this part of my presentation style that's that's unconsciously competent. I asked for more. I've been doing this yeah. for twenty yeah. years in front of thousands of people every day. I'm sorry. This yeah. it's just it's what, what I do. You do more yeah. mocking voices, please. Yes. So right. if you come to me and talk to me, is there a chance that I might turn around and mock you and do your voice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know you made it. Always that chance. Yeah, he does it to me, and he does it. In yeah, I, and I do it to myself too. He I mocks. Do my, I do my own subconscious he when does. it's way off base. He mocks because he cares. We <laughs> mock because we love. All right, where are we at? What Mike are we Shaw. Okay, Mike so Shaw here's is doing my answer. something. Here's, here's Mike my Shaw's answer. answer. So I can't wait to hear who said that because that is garbage. <laughs> um, because you're trying to you're trying to make okay. So the. Get rid of your Bible theology for Jesus theology. Maybe I can do the mocking voice. Anyway, uh, (laughs) Jesus is the word made flesh. 
Bingo. The Bible is the word. Yeah. They don't contradict each other. They complement each other. They are They're each one. other. Yeah. Don't do an either or. Do both. Do yeah. it all together. Right. Oh, my goodness. Who yeah. said that garbage? A man by the name of Preston Ulmer said something guy. very similar to that. Nah. That he, And he was referring to himself, that he yeah. needed more he's of the, a... He's the guy who started the Doubters Club, Jesus, where they celebrate doubting. Jesus theology rather than a biblical theology, which, Mike, you make a really good point. Um, <laughs> like, uh, you can't separate the two. You can't. You really can't separate the two. And if it's a Jesus that's not a biblical theology, of, of biblical theology, then it's not the Jesus of the Bible. Mm-mm. Like... Run, run for your life. I think you've hit on the main topic of what's wrong with our with our world right now is that we have put ourselves on the throne Mm -hmm. and we have said that we're going to make a Jesus that fits us. Yeah, there you go. Second Timothy talks about finding preachers with tickling, you know, to tickle your ears. Yeah, we don't do that, and so our audience is going to be limited. Mm -hmm. And it's just like I I told the congregation a couple weeks ago. I said we stand in opposition of the of the culture of the world. The world is 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 just one debauchery upon another, upon another, upon another. And we say, no. So we're not going to worry about our reputation in town because we're not going to quit doing what we're going to do. And so they're obviously not going to love us. So yeah, mm, it's maybe if we looked in the Bible and we read, oh, they were not, they're not going to love you. If they hated me, they're going to hate you also. Maybe that would be an encouragement right. to some of us. I think it would be. I think it would really encourage people who's not in a relationship of some sort that's a little... Dicey at times. I do want to say this. I think everybody. (laughs) I want to say this, though, because when you put the truth out there, Chris, like you do, uh, people crave it and Mm -hmm. people are looking for it. People need it. Yeah. And so you are going to find those people. And so it's you're not going to you will be hated by the world. Yes. The Bible's clear on that. Jesus was clear on that. Greater who is you, him who is in you than he he is in the world. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to worry about that. But at the same time. There are people who crave that truth and they are attracted to it. And we're seeing that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone that the the father has called and predestined, you know, Jesus is going to get them all. Mm -hmm. And so um, we have to. You're absolutely right, Mike. Mm -hmm. You got to just keep going forward. And Mm -hmm. if the world hates you because of him, that's okay. Remember, they hated him first. Yeah. So be well, encouraged. Gonna... Be encouraged. And guess what? I'm going to have a blog here up pretty soon. Oh, good. Kind of related to that. So keep checking back. Fresh Road Media. Um, if you haven't lately, go and check out those blogs that are already there. I always thank Mike Shaw for being with us. That's going to do it for us today. On behalf of my best friend and bride, Emily, my name is Chris. This is her show. It's Fresh Road Media with Emily Danielson. <laughs> but because I talk so much, it has to be Fresh Road Media no, with Chris. No, that, that was the plan today. That was the plan today. Whatever yeah. you want. I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> and I wanted you to do that today. Uh, if I never get behind another microphone like this again the rest of my life, I will be fine. But if God wants me there for the rest of my life every day. Mike Shaw is shaking his head. No, 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 I'll be fine. Um, uh, But I'll do this as long as God wants me to, as long as my wife wants me to. And so I want to encourage you right now. Go to freshroadmedia.com. Emily, do you want final thoughts or do you want me to keep going? No, you go right ahead. All right, I'm taking us out. Yes. Freshroadmedia.com is the place you need to go. I want you to go there and click on a thing called Be On The Show and just Mm. record a voice message. Would you do that? 
Uh, lastly, if you've got any extra pocket change, make a donation. It doesn't have to be pocket change. I mean, somebody you know wrote a nice check that helped us get this equipment going. So far, and, yeah. But uh, just leveling with you, we're at the end of it. I mean, I have no more to give. There's no, there's there's not much more we can do. We need God's children to come along and say. Straight talk from Fresh Road Media with No Apology with Emily and Chris, with the Bible Idiots platform, with uh, Jesus is Coming Soon with Mike Shaw, along with a couple other programs we'd like to launch. If you think that's needed, if you think that's necessary, go to freshroadmedia.com right now. Give us your best gift. We'll send you a thank you gift right now. I think it's the Bible Idiots movie, but we got books that I've authored and other things coming up uh, around the corner, so that's going to do it. Yeah. So, all right, that's it. On behalf of my best friend and bride, Emily, my name is Chris. You get into the Word of God today and go and serve your king. God bless you. See you next week.